If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, welcome to the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like, just not sports. On today's show, we have an interview with Nicole Auerbach. She is USA Today's national college basketball and college football reporter. You also may have seen her really great Olympic swimming coverage all during the Olympics. We followed that closely in my house, being big fans of of swimming. Uh, Nicole is a huge fan of the TV show Parks and Rec. And so we break it down, her fandom, how she got into the show. But even better, Nicole Auerbach looks really close to Aubrey Plaza, star of the show, Hollywood A-lister. Joe, can I say A-lister? Yeah, I would say, yeah, B-plus sure. lister. She's, she's uncanny. She's a lister. Um, yeah, Nicole is her doppelganger, so we definitely yeah. talked about um, what it's like to look pretty close to a celebrity and, you know, whether you ever phone in some reservations under that name <laughs> and see if you can get a better table away from the bathrooms. So stay tuned for that. I'm your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. In the office with me this week, our co-host and producer, Mr. Joe Reed. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Brad, does it feel good to to say the intro again for the show? Our listeners know that you've been on hiatus a little while, so how does it feel to be back? Yeah, so kind of a break in format for us, or maybe an evolution in format. Time will tell. Ooh, yes. Uh, <laughs> in terms of Adam and Gareth not here with us, I have had a baby. I was not arrested. I was not... Uh, thrown in jail so much as e- having a baby does feel like baby jail <laughs> baby jail oh my god yeah I whenever I put my daughter down I always say to her um, why won't you sit in your jail why won't you go to your jail and just stay here for like two hours because she's not like being put down so yeah I had a baby took some time away from work because uh, I work for an awesome place that gave me some family leave which is just so important yeah. so great and uh, definitely took some time away from just not sports I'm sorry don't hate me no, you got to live your life, baby. You're back, though. <laughs> I was emailing you guys. I did I did upload uh, our interview with Michael Shore, Parks and Rec creator, yeah. uh, coincidentally, it's all coming from around. the hospital room next to my bed. Oh, my gosh. Uh, next to my wife's bed. Um, your, loving, your loving patient wife. Yes. So, <laughs> man, yeah, having a kid, not much sleep, not much rest, not much just not sports. I did enjoy the shows you guys did. That's good, man. I'm glad I fun. I'm really glad I skipped the MMA class. Yeah, it was interesting watching uh watching all that go down. Did Gareth we could have, like, and Adam a like really spar? Well, no, they did like so they uh, Gareth you, you'll listen to this episode and I'm sure, but he was there. It was it was funny to see him in the environment. He's like He's not doing the warm-ups. He's not doing the exercises. He's like running on the treadmill. Yeah, while everyone else on is, a treadmill. Everyone else is like stretching and, you know, getting fit. And um, so they did a little bit of that. And then they did um, like punching the bag with some of the instructors. And then they did like knife sort of handling. Like, how do you defend yourself from a knife attack? So it's like, yeah. So they have these like, you know, aluminum knives sort of dulled. And it's, it's kind of. <laughs> the conversation was kind of intense, and Gareth got kind of choked out a few times, and did it was it, fun. Did anyone try to like knock him out, like sleeper hold? No, like, no, really no, get no, him no, out? no. There was a lot of joking about that, but I think if it, I had I been there, all... I would have demanded I get knocked out once. Yeah, you got to hit the mat, man. Just yeah, boop. Just Adam, just put me to sleep. Let's see, <laughs> Let's see what happens. None of that. None of that. It I did fun, that. Though. I went in a, when I was a reporter. I went in an F sixteen. Oh the yeah, Thunderbirds, the and G's. they told they said we're gonna do uh, nine G's. Six G's, nine G's, I don't know, and um, whatever very most G's, the both plane a lot. can do. Yeah, and he said when you would do that, you're gonna start to black out. And I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna black out. And oh yeah, blood just out of your head. They said it's gonna look like he says you're gonna see the black curtains. And I said, what does he mean? He says it's gonna look like your, your field of vision is gonna start closing like two curtains at the end of a play, just like meeting toward the middle, and it's gonna be black, and you're gonna be aware of it happening. So when we did this move. All of a sudden, he's like, how you doing back there? And I was like, black curtains. I say black curtains. <laughs> but I never, I never fully, I got to that point where it was like a head rush and it didn't, they didn't finish they the didn't move fully close. and I never fully lost consciousness. And he goes, you did it, man. You pulled, you pulled whatever Jesus was. And I was like, please land this plane. Oh my gosh. The sense of pride though, man, you didn't black out. But that's what I would have demanded Adam do to me. Yeah. I'm not tapping out. Give uh, me the sleeper hold. 
Side note, Adam almost did that to me at least three times when we worked together at the same place. <laughs> once, oh, yeah. at, once at the Super Bowl. Tensions just, are high. When I just wouldn't shut up about something, he's just like, <laughs> push me out of an elevator. He's like, uh, get out of here before I choke you out. Ooh, he's a feisty one. So it's just us today. Yeah. Uh, it may, you guys may or may not be hearing from me here and there on the, on the pods. Maybe I'll be doing some interviews on the side for a while just because my schedule's so fluid. I don't want to slow things down. Wanted to just jump in while we're here. Uh, I really had a lot of fun with the Nicole interview. You had a chance to listen to it. Uh, first of all, were you a fan of Parks and Rec? I was and am. Yeah, it's um, a great show. When did you get it? Did you were you like a instant convert? No, I was probably. I was similar to Nicole. I was probably season three, okay. three or four, sort of when I picked it up, uh, and then was able to sort of binge catch up. I and I like, haven't seen the last season still for oh, some right. reason. Where it's sort of, I think it's set like. A year or two down the road, I think. I have not seen that Did one. Did you see the finale? Mm-mm. Oh. So I've seen, what, five of the six or six of the seven seasons or whatever there are? I think I've seen yeah. one fewer than there are. But it's great. Um, I really didn't like the first season. Yeah. It's very different. It is very different. I think it, it's very much Leslie's playing. It's very much Amy Poehler's star vehicle. She's the goofball. Everyone else is almost like Jim from The Office straight. Yeah. Except for... You know, Ron Swanson's kind of Ron Swanson, but it's not, it's really kind of lacking the the, the goofiness. Uh, but once they kind of rebooted it midway through and just said, hey, look, let's make, let's we're, we're wasting Aziz, we're 100%. wasting these guys. Rashida Jones can be more, you know, down the middle and then also bring Leslie back to the mean and just make her more of a, you know, more of an actual human being as opposed to a caricature. Yes. I think the show really took off and i i i've always felt that i don't like you i'm a casual observer of it but i've always felt that it's an underappreciated show for just how many people like it but and nicole and i talked about it how it always was sort of overshadowed by the office yeah and modern family i think are similar format shows that i think got a lot more uh, a cultural attention yep even though parks and rec may have had a much stronger cast in retrospect um and and might have more lines and memes and stuff live on. Yeah. Although I feel like it was sort of like second second to the table of the office style shows. I think it didn't did it not sort of premiere. Well, Michael Schur and those kind of guys came like off made it, yeah, and they came out of heels. the office. They were writers for the office. And, and then alongside Modern right. Family, which, you know, at the time is definitely pushing boundaries. So I can understand that. What's your favorite episode? Um Or do you even have one? I feel like I have favorite moments. I've watched the bloopers reel where um, where Chris Pratt tells the Kim Kardashian joke. Have you heard that? No. All right. It's vulgar, but we're going to play it right now. Oh. Everyone loves a good comeback story, right? Seabiscuit, the Mighty Ducks, Robert Downey Jr., uh, who Rocky. Else? Yes. Kim Kardashian. Kim, well. In the video, she gets, she gets come on her back, I think. <laughs> So I've watched wow. that. Wow, yeah, provocative. Oh, Chris a little Brad. bit. That's why I got cut. But I, I've watched so many. Or you know where where Andy comes to Leslie's door, and it, and you you can see the video of Chris Pratt talking about it somewhere online about how the he had to wear like a, a nude speedo because he shows up better door naked, and he's like, I just wasn't getting the reactions that I wanted. So like one time he just he, he asked he asks I think he says he asks the boom pole guy. He's like. Hey, should I take my underwear off? And the guy's like, yeah, do it. So he like takes his underwear off actual reaction. He's like, and that's the one they used in the show. And NBC said, I can never talk about this on any talk show host while he's recounting the story on Graham Norton or something in the UK. So a lot of, I just remember a lot of those like fun moments from the show. And um, yeah, it's it's just just nothing but fun. Where's it rank in your all time list of like, of like sitcoms? Yeah. Or just your favorite shows. And of course, Joe Reed being the young enough of the group, you're probably like, well, I love this Vine series by uh, exactly. uh, a dude whose name is mostly just pound signs and uh, numbers. <laughs> Exclamation points. I think as far as like, there are a few series, I don't know about you, we could, we could do a whole TV deep dive later. There are a few series. Why don't I, we just do it now? No one else is joining the show. Exactly. We have nothing else to talk about. But like, there are a few series that I've seen like that much of, like, or that I've, that I've finished their entirety. I even haven't finished the last season, but like that. You I've, kids have no attention span. I know. 
Well, is it too much to ask you to sit down and watch 13 years worth of exactly. four, ten, ten, 24 season ten straight episode hours shows? of, you know, half an hour sitcom? Gah. So it's on the list of shows that I've, you know, nearly completed. I would say definitely top five um, okay, so for shows that I can also just like revisit as well. Like that's what I, that's the thing I like about it. Okay. You can revisit any office episode now that you know the characters and you'll enjoy it. Mix your comedies and your dramas. Give me your. Off the top of your head, don't overthink it. Top five shows, go. Um, no order, just give me your five. Breaking Bad. Okay. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Yeah. Which Recent, recently discovered. Recently discovered. It's a great new show. How far are you on Seinfeld? Oh, I'm sure I've seen them all. Oh, okay. Because on WCIU in Chicago, they whatever, at 10 and 10.30 every single night, They're they do back-to-back. Back. And this, the episodes they air are like halfway removed so it'd be like the pilot yeah and then it would be like halfway through the series so you're sort of watching two shows concurrently running and they'll sort of like they're always on a loop um other shows that i like love i don't know i mean like i remember you you said in the episode uh in the interview like simpsons i remember watching simpsons so much as a kid and then i haven't i haven't watched a new episode in i don't know 10 years i'm the same way the simpsons would be the show that probably forged most of my sense of humor yeah. as a human being. Oh, beat from the early nineties through when I quit watching. But I, now you're talking about, I haven't watched maybe 17 seasons Yeah, and yet it's still so quotable. I could just rattle off 30 Simpsons quotes without even thinking about it. Yep. And we do on the show all the time. Yeah. That would have to be in my top five. So, okay. So breaking bad, uh, Seinfeld, what West Wing? <laughs> West Another Wing. Show you're having, that was one of my distractions a, while, a few weeks back, or a few months back now, <laughs> and like it just trailed off. I don't know what it was. I got distracted from it. I was like, I think it was intimidating looking at the the mountain that was like ten seasons of the West Wing to climb. Yeah. I was like, there's a lot of time to invest in a show that's like 15 years old. Yeah, I could watch Vines instead. I don't know. I have I struggle with it. I'm trying to think of other shows that I could at least legitimately evaluate and judge based on like, I've seen 90% of their episodes. I know that it, like Mad Men is a series I finished. I really like mm-hmm. Mad Men. Um, See, that's not like, I really liked Mad Men. I'm not sure I'd ever rewatch it. I and don't think I ever will. I liked talking about it and reading about it more. Lost was the same way. I liked reading about yeah. Lost. I liked talking about theories, but at the end of the day, it has not aged well in my head. Yeah. I remember certain moments of the first season as like being mind blowing. And then I remember coming back to the show when they flashed forward. And then I remember just being completely removed from caring as it just became more and more myth, you know, myth making at the end. And yeah. then just like this morality town, I was like, this isn't really what I wanted. Whatever. I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like Breaking Bad, I guess I could rewatch them. I guess I feel like it was sort of the journey of watching it with everyone. Yeah. And I don't know if I'd revisit it. Like, am I going to rewatch Game of Thrones episodes? That's one where I do like deep dives after an episode. I'll watch like fan theories and like read all about it on Reddit and. Like trying yeah. to immerse myself in the show, but I don't know if I'm going to revisit. You'll it. only rewatch it just to figure out who the hell anyone is, because you're like, oh, they brought the, this yeah. one character back after three seasons, and I'm supposed to know who he is, even though he's being played by another actor. Exactly. The episode <laughs> recap, I'll definitely watch. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'd struggle making like a full. I'm trying to think now. Other shows, I don't know. Yeah, it's a hard question. It's one of those things you have to like kind of think through and sift through your internet. Just uh, like my yeah, Rolodex of what have I watched. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, The Simpsons for me, I loved, you're way too young for this, but Family Ties, when I was really young, yeah. um, was the first show I ever remember like making appointment TV. And I still think the Alex Keaton, the whole concept of that show of Alex being the Reaganite and the parents being the aged out hippies was, I think, genius. In the same way that Frasier was genius when they said, rather than pair Frasier with some slacker brother, let's just make his other brother even more uptight. <laughs> um I like shows that have clever concepts like that. I really love the British office. I'm not trying to sound pretentious, but I watched the British office before they brought it to America. Mm. And it was devastatingly, the first season, devastatingly funny. The second season, so uncomfortable. I could never watch it again because it's so awkward. I have a really hard time with people doing really, really awkward things and looking foolish on those sitcoms and yeah. like cringeworthy moments and the whole thing is just cringeworthy we should get we should like reach out to some like 
you know, research behavioral scientists in Chicago or something and get them on to explain what is it about watching Michael Scott deliver an awkward line or a bad joke yeah. that makes me want to exit out Have of it. Like, I want to pause the TV because yeah. I am so uncomfortable. I know. I know it's a show. I, that fascinates me. But you're right. I feel the same way. Oh, all right. Well, plenty of Parks and Rec talk <laughs> coming up. Um, n- enough of our list. Uh, was there any question you would have asked Nicole that I didn't get around to? I taped this at home in between holding kids. No, I found it. I think the most interesting thing I thought of was if I were a super fan of a show, that's one thing. But then I can't. It was interesting to hear her perspective on how that mixes with like looking like a kid. You you can almost adopt the persona of one of your characters at will. Like I can't imagine if I was a super Seinfeld fan and I looked and kind of behaved like Kramer. Like right. that would just be a whole nother blur. And then you asked a very good question, which our listeners can look out for is well, what if you didn't like the show? What if you like looked like so-and-so, but you hated the show they were on? How would you embrace that? It's been my hard time with my resemblance to Brad Pitt. I'm just I not know. a huge fan of his personal life choices. Yeah. And so it being his almost exact double, uh, except I'm a little bit buffer and taller, um, has been trying for me at times. Yeah. I can totally understand. That. Uh, just so our listeners here, we also I also did ask her: Is it just inherently sexist to say, "Hey, you to a, a, like a really accomplished female sports writer, uh, you look a lot like this this like hot actress"? Like, is it inherently misogynistic to do that? I thought her answer was interesting. So, absolutely. Anyway, fun interview with Nicole Auerbach. Stick around. Coming right up after this break. I want to start with um, your doppelganger here, and I we're going to get into the Parks and Rec stuff. I got a lot of questions about that for you, but uh, one of the things that I find so interesting about this topic is the resemblance to Aubrey Plaza, uh, and I just and, and you you've been so you know you're so candid about it online and 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 very funny about it. You kind of own it, and I just want to know like when did you first notice the similarity, and how did it, how does it strike you to have a celebrity doppelganger like that? Um, first of all, it's awesome because she <laughs> plays a great character on a show I love and also just is genuinely sarcastic and awesome. So I very much, um, I think that's all I've ever been looking for in a celebrity doppelganger. Um, <laughs> and so, I, you know, I actually don't know exactly when it first started. Um, I mean, Parks and Rec was definitely still going on, but it was like towards the later, cause I didn't watch it live right from the start. I probably caught it, caught on in like season four. And mm-hmm. so it was definitely after I had started watching it and, um, you know, I just started getting, you know, a couple of my friends mentioned something like, oh, you look a lot like a girl from Parks and Rec. Um, and then I started getting it on Twitter a lot from people, um, especially because, you know, like on Twitter, you have a profile picture, obviously. And then you like, I mean, at USA Today and, and like Big Two Network, I was doing TV stuff and video stuff. So I think people, that was kind of when it started picking up. Um and at one point, very early on, once I'd realized that, um, I had like made a picture of her with the snowman, Ron Swanson, yeah. um, my, my picture for a while. <laughs> and I was getting every, at least like once a day, I was getting messages from people being like, oh my God, I just zoomed in on the whole thing. And it took me like five minutes to realize that wasn't you. And I was like, <laughs> that is exactly what I was going for. Um, so yeah, so it's, I just think it's really funny. And now like if, Aubrey Plaza does something like if she was she was on Drunk History, um, Hamilton, which actually those were two of my favorite things in the same thing. So everyone was like, I got all these tweets like congratulating me for my hilarious performance as Aaron Burr, and like it's just really funny yeah. because I'll retweet those. So like all my followers like totally are in on the joke, and um, and it's just really funny because like anytime she has a new movie or anything like that, I get like a fresh round of tweets and jokes, and um, it's just really funny. So you mentioned just anytime she does something, I mean, she's someone who has a, like, I think a reputation as just not giving a shit. And so she's, she's always toying with her, her celebrity in ways that are really interesting and driving news, whether it's like the MTV movie awards thing with Will Ferrell, when she interrupted his speech or just some of the stories she's told on late night appearances, how much easier does it make that you, you like her and that she's someone who seems like she's above the Hollywood phoniness. And if she was, you know, if she was like a Kardashian and you were like, 
oh, I hate this girl. And I mean, not to say you can't like the Kardashians, but I'm making some <laughs> assumptions there. Um, yeah. I, I, if she was someone who was just not your cup of tea, would you be so quick to embrace this? Probably not. I mean, she's like exactly like she plays characters that I find funny. Like she's very sarcastic. Like um, she just seems very relatable. So it's, yes, it's very easy to like fully embrace. And like, I will say that even if she's in, like she was in that, um, shoot, what was it called? Like the to-do list movie. Like she yeah. didn't do that great. But I remember like going out of my way to find the theater that was playing it and going to support her because I felt like I needed to. <laughs> um, and like at some point I will meet her and take a photo. Like I just know it's going to eventually happen somehow. But um, yeah, I mean, like she is just, yes, like her persona makes it so much easier to embrace. Um, I think it would still be funny if like a Kardashian or like someone who is maybe more polarizing or even way more famous, like was a, was the doppelganger, but like she is the perfect level of like, like people who like Aubrey Plaza, like are going to be totally all about making Twitter jokes about this yeah. um, because of her type of humor and because of her personality. So it like works out perfectly to make like all sorts of sarcastic comments and like applaud myself for like my performance um, in Mike and Dave need wedding dates or whatever it might be. Uh, it makes it easier because like, A, she's like very funny and like has a lot of comedic roles um, and is like around my age, but also like that she's very self-deprecating um, and like makes the similar type jokes too. So it's like even easier. Um, plus like, I mean, there's a zillion parks and rec comments like and famous quotes and lines. So it's like very, very easy to, um, randomly just like poke fun at myself by implementing Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates you going to see the to-do list since that movie made $3.5 million domestically at the box office. <laughs> you made, you made up a disproportionate number of the box office take, uh, f- for it. What, what I think she needs to do that would really help you out is she, unfortunately all of her roles, I mean, yes, they're comedic, but they've been very grounded in reality. Like she needs to do like a, uh, like a really kind of noticeable superhero or character that like that would be your Halloween costume forever if you needed one. Yes. I actually was her one year. Um <laughs> but what, I, what role? Well, like like how do you play how do you do Aubrey Aubrey Plaza in, unless you have everyone going as like the Parks and Rec cast or something? Well, first of all, I did well, no, I didn't like actually put a ton of effort into doing that, but that is what I would love to do one year. Um but so this is how I did and I'll send you a picture. Um, I made a t-shirt that said mouth rat. I like made a similar glare and look and I bought a stuffed animal dog and then tore off one of the legs so that it was champion. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I just like tried to be like really like sullen and like sarcastic the whole time. Um, yes, some people got it. I mean, all my friends like, like know that I get this a lot on Twitter so, like, they understood who I was. Um, but other people, I did have to show them side by side. And then they were like, whoa, this is really good. But, yes, like, theoretically, one day, one Halloween, I will have a whole group that will do an entire Parks and Rec cast with me. I actually have a friend who really wants to be Leslie Nope. So we're basically, I mean, we've got You're the right big characters there. down. I just yeah. need, Ron Swanson should be easy. It's, like, just the mustache. You know, like, I think, I think it's definitely doable one of these years. Hey, I'll be I'll be like Chris Pratt before he became the super in shape uh, in shape movie star that he is now. I remember when they did that, and they like literally. I remember like thinking, how are they going to write this off? And they were just and they just had him give one line. It was like, yeah, I just stopped drinking beer and lost all this weight. And I was like, that is brilliant. That <laughs> <laughs> was like really good. Um, and then that was just like how they wrote it off. And it's like, oh no, he's this like super famous superhero star and like super like in shape and handsome person now. And I was like, great. But he was exactly the same character. And like, it was perfect. I actually love, like, I love their wedding. I love, I mean, I love so much of Parks and Rec, but like their relationship um, is also great. Like it's very easy to also now Mm -hmm. make fun of Chris Pratt related things um, because he is my celebrity doppelganger's character's husband. So, you know, it's a clear direct line of, you know, <laughs> so it's very, um, very easy. No, like, I mean, it's just, it's all really fun. And it like helps that obviously with the comedy and like everything, nothing in that show took itself too seriously. So it's just like, there's just a lot of, um, options. And also like, first off, I say GIF, not GIF, but. Oh, me too. I always say GIF. Always. How, however it is supposed to be pronounced. There are so many 
on all the like apps online because that show is so funny. So yeah. like I pretty much exclusively only use gifts of Aubrey Plaza if I'm trying to make a point. Well, and, and she I, has so many great looks to camera because of the way the show is yes. put together. I mean, it's just like yes. a tre- treasure trove, I'm sure. Yes. So that is actually even one of the funnier parts at all of this because <laughs> um, like it's just very easy to do that. Um, which only continues the doppelganger hilariousness. Um, and I don't think I don't think I do it frequently enough that like I annoy or like I'm obnoxious about it. Like I'll just like subtly do it like in the middle of like a great game or something happens like in the news and I'll like just post that and then it's just like very subtly because um, it's usually a great gift anyway and then it's it's also Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's uh, perfect. All right, I got some Parks and Rec questions for you. Look, be- before I do that, I have an ethical question about doppelgangers to kind of close this part out. Okay. You, and this is a serious question. You can, you can answer this however you want. I'm not leading you anywhere. Is it somewhat sexist for men to go up to someone like yourself, um, especially like on Twitter where you are a hardworking journalist, very well respected in the industry. You cover national, you know, topics from the Olympics to, to college sports. Is it somewhat sexist to just throw at you? Oh, you look like this, you know, this actress, because I feel like that's a, it's an easier thing or it's a more common thing that men do to women than I think, like, for example, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends that have distinctive looks or look like people. and I don't think they get it as much. Or am I overanalyzing that? I just, I guess I'm just curious from your perspective as a, um, a successful woman in, in sports media, do you, do you treat the comparisons and how freely they're made by your followers with a little bit of like sort of bittersweet attitude that like, oh, this is what you're going to throw at me. I just I just broke the lid off like a big story that today. <laughs> and now I'm answering these questions about this actress I look like. Um, I does probably happen a lot more to women just because. Yeah, I mean, like I've done those little like follower checks and it's like 91 percent of my followers are guys. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I don't I don't think it's like offensive or anything. Um, And like, again, like I said, like my followers who are like in on it, like long enough like they know not to just say you look like Aubrey Plaza they like say like I got a but okay so when she did drunk history for Hamilton like I got like 10 tweets being like you were excellent as Aaron Burr you know like they skip that part because like it's just like an inside joke um but I you know I, I I think it's I think it's all in fun and like I don't take it as like they're not taking me seriously I think it's it's like there are far worse things that happen to right. you when yes. you are a female sports writer on Twitter than someone like making a joke about this. So like now nah, this is that it's it's one of the better responses that you can get to anything. So now I, I I don't take any offense to uh, to anyone tweeting about it, but I do prefer those who are more clever about it and oh, absolutely. creative. For sure. Well, speaking of clever, Parks and Rec, a beloved show. Uh, we had Michael Shore on our podcast a couple weeks ago talking about um, the Power Broker, a book that he loves. Let me start with this question: Who is the MVP of that show, cast wise? Ooh, um, that's a really hard question because I love them all. Yeah. Um, this is like I like I don't I don't have a favorite character either. Um, but like you know, like Donna is like subtly like kills it all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of my, but like, I also love Aziz Ansari and he crashed a comedy show I was at once. So like, oh. I've actually shared a room with him. So therefore like, I'm already a little bit maybe biased towards him, but wait, I wait, what'd he do? Of- Did he just like show up at the last part of a set and like work out some new material or what, he, what, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he lives in Manhattan or Brooklyn or something. He lives in New York and I was at, um, a place called Comedy Cellar in West Village and I think he, like, does it a lot, like, if he's trying out new material. Like, I, yeah. I just had a friend told me that he tried out some stuff, because he obviously hosted the first SNL after the inauguration, and that they had seen him working on some of his material. Like, he had crashed, just randomly appeared, um, and they were like, oh, he's going to say this joke and this joke and this joke, because they did well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I actually <laughs> saw him a couple years back before he was doing someone's roast on Comedy Central. So that was pretty cool. Um but yeah, so so I mean, like, like those two characters are like, you know, they're not like always the primary, always in like the primary storylines. But I just like love them so much, and the treat yourself episode is probably my well, that one and the snake oil, or sorry, mm-hmm. the what um, what's the drink that they have that's really strong, and then they all like uh, they dance. Um, 
I'm trying to remember. I'm I, I'll be honest. I'm more of I'm I'm the type of fan of the show that like would always miss a few episodes per season and be like, well, I'll ah. get it on syndication. I, I haven't I haven't like obsessively taken in every episode like I had with other shows. Also, I mean, now with with, you know, the kids running around, it's like if I have if I have a free half hour, my my daughter's going to put like Ben and Holly on Nickelodeon on the television. It's over. <laughs> well, um, okay. I remembered it. Snake juice. Okay. And it's like a season three episode and like Anne and, um, and Leslie get like really drunk very quickly and have a fight at the bar. Anyway, it's really funny. Um, so like that and like the treat yourself episodes are my two favorites all time. Um, although I do love some of the proposals and weddings episodes as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's so hard to pick a favorite character because, like, I can't even picture, like, what is that show without Ron Swanson? Like, it's right. nowhere near as good. And, and it's really interesting watching it all the way back, like, in season one. Even some of the earlier seasons, they're, like, not as comfortable being as ridiculous as they get later or, like, letting Ron into as many storylines or, like, Donna um, or Tom even, like they, they definitely flesh them out later and then give them backstories and all these different things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, and I don't really see that changing because like, I just like love all the actors in it, plus like the ridiculousness of the storylines and obviously the doppelganger aspect. But yeah, so that's my rambling answer, which I didn't really <laughs> answer because I just said I love everyone. That's all right. You need to be succinct in print, not in speech, uh, especially on this show. So you mentioned it's one of your all-time favorite shows. Where does it rank in the pantheon? Would you say it's like your all-time favorite comedy? Is it a top five? Like, what do you? What do you? Would I say your favorite comedy ever? Where do you go to? Well, like for me, Friends was such a mm-hmm. like just. I, I mean, I've seen that whole series more times than I'll probably see anything else. Um, like my my gift that my parents gave me when I got to college was like the entire box set, which I like went through zillions of times and like it's still a show I'll just like put on like at the end of the night or whatever and fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I will always have a soft spot for friends um, after living in New York and like rewatching Seinfeld back after living here. Like that show is phenomenal still. A lot of it doesn't hold up. Like a lot of those plot lines would not exist with cell phones, but it's still amazing. <laughs> Um, so I would say Parks and Rec is like top five, um, but I don't know if it necessarily comes up like in conversations about like top five comedies. Like it, it's one of those that was like not like a cult like following, but it was definitely like if you watch Parks and Rec, you consider it like one of those that level. But not everyone. It doesn't like come to mind quickly if you're just like having a random conversation like over dinner with friends. Um, like I don't know if people who haven't watched it would even think of it in that level if that makes sense oh i totally agree and i think it lived in the shadow of the office i mean not just because the creators kind of spun out from there but it had the same format um it had you know i i think it was an ensemble it was the definition of an ensemble comedy and amy poehler who was supposed to be the star i think took more of a backseat willingly and it made the show stronger so i i agree with you that you know it, it probably doesn't roll off the tongue like friends or seinfeld or like for me i'm 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 in my like kind of mid thirties, so like the Simpsons like kind of created mm-hmm. created my humor. Um, but even now, I look back, I I probably only watched ten seasons of that show, and there's probably twenty more um, right. that I just totally skipped. So I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I I do agree with The Office because I think that that honestly might have been why I didn't start watching it when it first came out. Because like I was an Office fan, but I even fell off like towards the end of that show and like stopped watching. Yeah. Um, and it just seems very similar, like, and you don't realize, like, A, how ridiculous it is to be, like, the Parks and Rec office of a small town versus, like, just a regular office job. Um, and B, like, how many of the plot lines, like, obviously involve coworkers that are have nothing to do with work. Um, plus, like, I don't know, you know, I mean, this, the first season is very different. Like, they... Um, they make Leslie a whole lot, or Leslie Nope a whole lot more likable um, and like Booster and like everyone making fun of her. It's like in that she's in on the jokes and it's like a little bit less mean, which it was in season one. And there was like so much focus on like Mark Brandanovitz and like, so there, there were so many like um, character changes and also like cast changes, like obviously bringing in Rob Lowe and Adam Scott was, was great. And like, they were hilarious characters. Um, so, so I feel like, 
like that. Sh- I, I'm glad I picked it up when I did, which I think was like season four live, um, because I think it was easier to binge and also like it was easier to fall in love with the show because I kind of got to season two and three quicker, where I think it like really picks up. So you know, I it, I don't know that I necessarily would love it as much if I actually started watching it when it began. I can't think of another show off the top of my head that rebooted itself creatively more effectively than Parks and Rec. Because you're right, season one is, it's very much like The Office where Leslie is is just basically doing Steve Carell, like he's the butt of, or she's the butt of the jokes for yeah. everybody else to sort of make fun of. And it's um, mean, like they're mean it is. jokes. Yeah, and then and then they just get really, it, it changes on the fly, and then Aziz and, and those those guys just take their characters and they just say, let's go have fun with this. And it just becomes, and it's also, I think that's what made it one of the rare shows that actually gets better as it goes. And I think those uh-huh. later seasons are probably even stronger than the earlier ones. And that is completely counter to shows like Seinfeld, where at the end, they're just all screaming at each other all the time. Um, or yeah. Always Sunny, even, which now has been on longer than any other live action sitcom. But I think everyone just says like, oh, at some point I just gave up on it. Um, right. No, I agree. And like, I also think that what's, what like one of my friends, the one who like wants to be Leslie Nope if we ever do a Halloween um, group <laughs> attention costume, friend, like, you have to do that. Please, you, just not yes. sports. The podcast is now going to ride you and make you do that this okay. year. Okay, I will, I will. But she, so it's my friend Jess Goldstein. She actually reviews Parks and Rec, reviewed Parks and Rec for Vulture, which I was like, oh my god, you have the coolest job. Um, but she made this point to me once, and like every time I rewatch old episodes, like I think about it. But that there were, like, multiple weddings on the show because you have, um, obviously, you have um, uh, uh, April and um, and Andy. Then yep. you have Leslie um, and Ben. And then you also have Ron's, like, super brief marriage, like, in the courthouse or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and it was so funny because she, she made this point, and then, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it, how, like, each of those weddings was, like, absolutely perfect for the characters. Um, and like they, they, they just nailed all three. Um, and I just thought that was like really interesting because like a lot of shows obviously have characters get married or like, you know, that's, that's a plot point that a lot of particular comedies do. Um, but I can't think of another show that like was so perfect to like, to like sticking to the tone that they needed for those characters, um, than those. And like, those are like high pressure episodes because like, obviously Leslie getting married, that is a huge huge plot point for the show um and it was just like so perfect and i even really liked their um their when they jumped ahead for the final season and like threw in all those weird technological things that they thought might be there for like 2017 <laughs> right. plus like how great was it that they called that the cubs won the world series oh like, i mean it was phenomenal that was so phenomenal i was so happy when i realized when i remembered that after the cubs won <laughs> i was like oh my god parks and rec you knew it what's um, a so line I just, like i Oh, I even enjoyed that, like when they jumped ahead. And like yep. sometimes I really hate that, but I thought I thought they made it work. What's a line from the show that you might use in conversation or jokes or online consistently? Um, I don't know about it online, but like I I've definitely purchased greeting cards and they exist for like happy treat yourself day. Oh. And I was like, this is a great idea. And you can send them for like any reason. But I actually think one thing I read an interview that um that uh the the woman who plays Donna did an interview about that and she will go places and if someone brings that up or something she will like bet them something like bet bet them a drink or whatever and she'll be like I bet that someone has like tweeted treat yourself um within the last like 10 minutes and she will like and I I, after I read that interview I like looked online and like hashtagged it and typed it and she's right I mean people actually became just a phrase from that whole episode and this it's so funny like she must get free stuff all the time because it's so true like if you literally typed in right now treat yourself like a bunch of a bunch of tweets would come up because people just started using it and like i i just think it's really funny um and just like a really obvious example but even like some of the um you know any references to like you know, bacon. And, and I also make, I watch a lot, you know, honestly, because, um, that episode where, so Aziz and Sari's character, like, like is so obsessed with technology that he like, you know, gets banned from screens for a week. And like, that's a really funny one to, to quote and, and refer to like with my friends or something. Not that any of us were that bad. I mean, he was live tweeting himself 
getting into a car accident, but it was, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think there's just so many relatable storylines on there that there's always lines, but I just thought it was so funny and you should really try this out on the treat yourself thing. Um, and just see how many, how frequently people use that phrase, like all the time. Um, I actually maybe should start betting people about that and like pretend that I'm actually on the show. Like someone on, someone on a plane once was like, Oh, are you the girl from that show? And I was like, do you mean Parks and Rec? And she was like, oh, yes. And I was like, oh, no. But I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have you ever thought about dropping her name at, like, a restaurant in New York and just seeing if it works? No, I have not. Um, I feel like I need to actually meet her first before I, like, really abuse the doppelganger privileges. Well, I mean, look, she met Chris Bosh and pretended to be his hairstylist, allegedly, according to the story <laughs> she told on Conan. Like, what's – I think she would understand. She probably would, actually. She would, she would respect it. I think. <laughs> Uh, speaking of athletes, a number of them were on the show over the years. Do you have a favorite sports storyline or athletic cameo? Um, in that, in that show? Yeah. Well, I love just like their obsession with Roy Hibbert. Like I love when he's, (laughs) when he like, you know, is involved in the whole, um, uh, the business venture that, um, that Tom does and he's just like constantly there and they're just like randomly paying him to like be standing there. And then the, then the one where I think it's him and Tom again, where he's like, Tom owes me a lot of money and like, don't serve him at a restaurant, which I thought was really funny. Like <laughs> I actually loved how, how much they did with like the Indiana um, sport, like pro sports teams. And like I see the bachelor party at the Colts um, stadium and right. like, I just thought it was really cool that um, that so many players and, and pro, like teams went in, went in on it. Um, but but Roy Hibbert was excellent, and and that was also like peak like Roy Hibbert as a pacer. Like everyone loved him, and oh, it was yeah. just, like very. It was it was so he was great. Like he like his delivery, like his disgust with Tom was so perfect. And so I think that one, the one, the episode in the scene where he like calls him out for like not paying him back <laughs> for something. <laughs> uh, I think, I think that was my favorite like sports cameo. Roy Hibbert's uh, parks and rec cameos are such a great time capsule for that Pacers team. No one remembers yes. was like the best in the NBA for a couple months and then couldn't beat the heat. Yes. I actually like covered those, uh, the, the Eastern conference finals that year. So oh. it, was, like, it was all around the same time. It was just like, it's perfect because then when you watch it back, you're like, "Oh, I know exactly when they filmed this. <laughs> I know exactly like what was going on," and it like kind of takes you back to like that era because, um, like right now, that would not be the cameo. He would not be making the cameo on that show. Right. My vote is Detlef Sh- Um The the episode where they need to take him to the um, all night. Uh, you know, oh, that's great. Telethon and Tom just like, hey, I'm just going to go to the bar with him and try to use him to hook up with girls. I thought that was pretty great. Yes, I completely agree. Um, I, I think they did really well with all of them. Like like when Andrew Luck is like throwing touchdown catches to like Chris Pratt. Like I, I thought they like did just they nailed all of those, too. Um, and they were not just like straight up cameos like they had them involved in the plot lines which is pretty cool like i just thought like all those like little things that are kind of like um like tangential to like the main show like again like what i was saying about like the wedding episodes like i just think that they did so well with all of those little elements that could easily just have been kind of like roll your eye moments like i thought they they really did those well and made them made the characters and the actors like very funny um and not just funny because they were on the show like funny because of something their character said or did and they let them like insult the main characters and things like that i thought were really good does the documentary format work for you yeah i mean i I guess i'm so used to it now because so many shows um have used that method that i don't even think about it anymore i don't know maybe maybe that's just weird maybe that's just me but like i don't even notice it um as like that strange anymore although i will say so like Sex and the City, the first season, they had oh, Terry yeah. Bradshaw, like, turn and talk to the camera. And they had interviews I, with people on the street, and it was totally yeah, different. Yeah, I did not like that. But the way that, like, The Office and, um, and like, Parks and Rec do it, I think it, is, it seems very natural. Um, like, when, when, when April, like, rolls her eyes at the camera, like, it's, it's funny. I, like, I don't even think about it anymore because I guess it just works for me. And, like, that first season of Sex and the City, like, did not work, and I found it really distracting. Um, but that was, again, like a different style with this. Um, but I, I actually really enjoy the way, like, the, I mean, The Office, obviously, like, 
did this first. Um, but I think it like really opened up a way for like these comedies to get like kind of those sparky one-liners in without, um, you know, really like taking away from the main plots or whatever, when you just can cut away to someone, um, and have like their, their reaction. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's even funnier when you watch shows that like try to do that sort of style seriously, like the bachelor when like <laughs> they go into the confessional rooms and then they have like recap stuff. Like it's, it's all just really funny. And like, you know, you, it, it, it just, I don't know, to me it flows and I don't, I don't even think about it, but I, but it's, it's funny that that kind of became its own genre of like, um, filming these shows. Like I am so used to it now, but it wasn't common. Um, but I guess, you know, I mean, when you watch these shows and you kind of binge watch them and they just kind of become so like ingrained in your TV knowledge in your mind, like, I guess that's probably why I don't even think about it anymore. Cause it just, it works so well. And also I just love snarky and sarcastic comments. So right. get a lot of them. Well, The yeah. Office, it was so ingrained into the format of the show for a reason. I always thought on Modern Family and Parks and Rec, it was a little more gratuitous. And I didn't think about it as that until, do you remember the show Community? Yes. They did an episode where they made fun of the shows that do the the cameras, like the, the, the doc style. And they did an episode in that format. And... After that, I was like, "Oh, I get it. Like, it's. I bet it's. It's kind of a crutch for them. They don't. They. They. Get, like you said, they get to flash away and just kind of close the loop on a storyline or right. a thing. But it. But. But again, Modern Family and Parks and Rec are two of the best written sitcoms of all time. It works. Right. It, it. It. It wouldn't work in the hands of lesser writers. Right. I. I think like then it would be distracting. But like to me, like it. They, they like yeah. The Office doesn't need those. Or I mean, uh, Parks and Rec like didn't need to go with that route. But like it really like. I mean, I think you get to see, like, you get those one-liners. You get, like, the funny things. Like, I love the episode where, like, they're all, like, dying from the flu. And, like, you get, like, it, it just, <laughs> I don't know. To me, to me, I don't find it distracting. Um, but, right, it, it's all it's always about the writers. And also, like, the, those characters can deliver those lines. Like, one-liners are hard. Um, but, like, when they can really pull them off, I, like, I enjoy it. So, I love it. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, look, when it's, again, when it's on other things that you when you notice that they're doing a weird style or something like that, then it's like a problem because then it's not flowing well enough. And I think like the writers are just so good that it, it just totally works for me. Absolutely. All right. To close out, um, you've been so generous with your time. We really appreciate it. Aubrey Plaza, go ahead and give me your, if you were managing her career, what would you do from, from here on out? Ooh, I don't know. That's a hard question. Um, and I like have no, real knowledge of celebrities or movie stuff at all. Um, <laughs> but it's funny too, cause like I actually also just read Anna Kendrick's book um, and they actually seem to be like real life buds. Um, you know, obviously they were in Mike and Dave need wedding dates together, which I thought was a really funny movie. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting when like characters kind of, or when you kind of play a similar character in a lot of things and then change it up. But I like, I think she is best in those kinds of like, when there is like a sarcastic side to the character, um, and less like earnest characters. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't, I don't know, like maybe someone's advice would be to like do, do a role that's completely different from roles than she's done before. But I don't know if you necessarily need to do that. I think there's so many funny women now in TV and also movies and like in that realm um, that like, I think there are probably a lot of roles for her um, and, and, and ways to get out there. But like, I have no idea like how to manage anyone's career, let alone my own. So I've got no actual <laughs> advice for hers except like keep playing sarcastic characters. Well, we think you're doing a great job managing your career. Uh, we love following you on Twitter. We encourage everyone to do that. And they should be looking out for your latest Aubrey Plaza gifts uh, or GIFs. Sorry, uh, whichever <laughs> one, whichever one the correct pronunciation is um, and, and reading you at USA Today. So thank you so much for joining the show. And um, we'll be watching out for your next Parks and Rec line <laughs> drops on Twitter anytime soon. All right. Thanks for having me. And we are back. Uh, real quick, Coda on the Nicole Arbach interview. A couple of years ago, she started a Twitter parody account with a friend called 90s Girl Problems, which is just goofy statements about what a girl growing up in the 90s would think is a is a hassle has like 600,000 followers 
Yeah. It's crazy. And if you want to know more about that whole story, I'm not going to get into it. Nicole did an interview on Jonah Carey's Nerdist yeah. podcast several months ago. Jonah Carey, friend of pod. Big Simpsons fans. Tying up, look, full circle, oh Joe. Yeah. Full circle. Brad, it's your first episode Synergy. back. Synergy. You're just tying this shit up. <laughs> um, anyway, go check out that podcast to get that story. That story is fascinating about what do you do when you become this internet phenomenon and um, her back and forth with like the actress who played Kimmy Gibbler on Full House. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and now Louise. Fuller House, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So on this show, we talk about distractions. We celebrate distractions. All the things like, oh, Antonio Brown, Facebook living from the locker room. What a distraction going into the playoff game. Man, don't be afraid to be interesting. The things that interest athletes are what makes them great to us. So each week we tell you what is distracting us. Joe, why don't you start? What's distracting you? I am distracted this week by this game. It's a video game that I was given for Christmas. So recently I went back into uh, my archives. None of this social justice warrior dog shit, right? I mean, yeah, whatever. Just, I want to be like blowing up stuff and like not even that. Dad. You're going to love it. Hashtag it's not, Gamergate. It's not, a, it's not a Grand Theft Auto. It's not like a <laughs> Call of Duty. So I went back into my archives from when I was a kid and I got my favorite game out and installed it on my computer. Roller Coaster Tycoon. Okay, never played it. I do very, very vividly remember the commercial for Roller Coaster Tycoon yeah. and the weird look that like preppy kid at the end gives when he's like like clicking up to yeah, clicking up, sidling up to his computer and like clicking the mouse. He looks like he's about to do heroin. That was me. Um <laughs> but so in that it in, probably was in that same regard. So I've been playing that for a while. It's been fun to go back. It's just totally nostalgia filled. So for Christmas I got this game that's similar Similar planning layouts. What do my do my people have? What they need? Sort of city building. It's like Sim City on steroids. It's called City Skylines. It's insane. It's so Is it addicting. A game on your phone? No, it's on my computer at home. Gotcha. So it's like full on highways, garbage disposal, recycling. Where are you going to put your schools? You need to build a police station. What about your sewage treatment plant? Uh uh oh, your traffic's backed up. You need to build a new little one way out here. To, it's like whoa, city planning to the nth degree. So it's taking it's basically taking Roller Coaster Tycoon and growing up, and that's what I've done for the last two weeks. And it doesn't help that my fiance is traveling, so I've got nothing to do but play but this build game. this game. Were you? I liked Sim City. Yes, hundred percent. Although I bet if you if you did it now, you you would feel like it's so limited. Oh my god! Can I can't do imagine. almost nothing. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's it has been a true distraction. That's cool. Yeah, it's Great. fun. Did you buy the? I wanted to buy the old school Nintendo thing. Oh yeah. Out, the, but I, uh, what time would I have to play video games? I I don't even watch TV much anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I saw memes going around of someone walking into a store and saying, "Hey, do you have the new Nintendo whatever it is?" And then it's just the employee laughing in their face. You think we have it here in store? That shit's been sold out for months. Yeah, but it looks interesting. I don't know. It's just cool to see like all the, the games. Yeah. Like there, and I don't know, it seems fun. If you're really cool, you'll bust out your actual NES that you had from when you were a kid. Uh, I did in college, and we broke it. <gasps> I can let you borrow mine. Oh, that'd be Anyways, awesome. Anyways, that can be your distraction. I don't even know week. how you would even plug it in to, <laughs> to a, like a modern computer. All right. Yeah, um, what do you got, Brad? Do you care if I do a, can I mix in a clip here? Make you some more work? No, let's do it. Okay. There's an episode of The Simpsons, in keeping with the TV theme, Yep. where Homer and Marge go to an all-you-can-eat fish buffet. And Homer eats so much fish that they kick him out. So they <laughs> sue the restaurant and they go to trial. And Lionel Hutz is grilling Marge on, uh, uh, on, the, on the witness stand about what happened after they left the restaurant. Mrs. Simpson, what did you and your husband do after you were ejected from the restaurant? We pretty much went straight home. Mrs. Simpson, you're under oath. We drove around until 3 a.m. looking for another all-you-can-eat fish restaurant. And when you couldn't find one? We went fishing. (laughs) Did these sound like the actions of a man who had all he could eat? So much like that exchange, that was me during my time away with my family raising a baby, only with the Hellraiser movies. (laughs) <laughs> more specifically analysis of the Hellraiser movies. So 
a couple weeks ago, I'd mentioned I listened to the series of podcasts that kind of jokingly reviewed all the bad Hellraiser sequels. And that led me to another podcast that was like a more serious film, like analysis of it. Yeah. And then I listened to another podcast, which kind of broke it down. Then I discovered something called the Hellraiser podcast, which was <laughs> like 56 hour long episodes <laughs> devoted to all sorts of minutia about the hell, like not just reviews of the movies, but like now we're talking about on today's episode, we continue our review of the Hellraiser comic book series from Whoa. 2002 and that kind of stuff. And at one point I'm holding my baby and my wife is seeing me on my phone and she goes, are you working? You're not supposed to be working. And I was like, no, I'm reading the novella. The first movie was based on, on my phone. Oh my PDF God. That I downloaded. So here's the best part. So I'd done all this analysis and like listened to basically everything ever said about the Hellraiser movies. And I said, I should really revisit the first one. It's been like 10 years since I've seen it. Yeah. So I downloaded it and rented it. And the other day I saw it on my iPad and I was like, oh, I should watch this. And it was like, this is expired. You did not watch it during the, the 30 days. That you had. <laughs> so in that 30 days, I literally consumed every uttered word about this movie series and had a chance to watch the source material and chose, "Eh, I don't really have time for that. Except the actual source. Yeah. I thought, I thought this was going, I've, I've eaten all the food at the buffet. Now it's time to go fish. We're starting our own Hellraiser podcast. I was like, (laughs) wait, is this, is this the changing of the changing of the guard right here? Like, do I got to watch a bunch of movies right now? Um, It already exists. That's good. It's called I'll tear your soul apart. Uh, No, it's called pinheads. Boom. Done. Yeah, I like it. You don't even know who's in Hellraiser, do you? I can I can draw you the guy. Yeah, Pinhead, right? Yeah. He's a Cenobite. Yeah. I remember seeing that VHS cover at our local like video master yeah. video store. I was like, ooh, that looks scary. I've never seen him. Yeah, well, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not. The first one's pretty good. They get they go real south real fast. Yeah. Two is two is basically like a, a rushed sequel. Three. Wait, a, wait, wait. If we're ever going to ha- do a cross pod with this other podcast, we can, no. we got to stop back. These guys are British guys. They have they post very rarely. Okay. Like, it, it, I don't even know. I might be the only one who's listened to this show in a long time. <laughs> I don't know if they're still doing it. But you, well, when you have a kid and you're rocking her all night long, you gotta do I just throw podcasts in. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I could listen to you guys again, or I could listen to <laughs> episodes <laughs> 50s, 52, 53, 54 of the Hellraiser podcast. The anyway. choice is obvious. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else, Joe? Um, I would ask. Oh, no. Jeez. What's this all about? Am I getting a third? Am I, are you kicking me off the show? Uh, no. Because if you not, just came back, you're staying. If not, man, I got a lot of heat uh, behind some of my Hellraiser projects. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I people who listened last week will know. I put a little bumper on there. One, to explain that all of us were in different places. We're working on audio quality. We yeah. love you. Second was uh, sort of asking to asking audience, the our audience to consider engaging more. That would be our request. I think in the new year, we are looking to try new things. Right. We are looking to diversify. Who knows what we're going to be doing? But the only way that we know what our audience wants is if you tweet at us or if you write on our Facebook or if you send us an email. You send us an email at justnetsports at gmail.com. We will read it. It's like it shows up we do. on our phones. We will read it. Um, that I would just ask people to consider if, if they have any ideas for what they want to hear us talk about or if they have comments, we will work them into the show. We want our audience to get involved. Um, so you listening to this on an airplane, in your car, cooking dinner, just send us a tweet. Send us a note. If you love the show, if you hate a distraction, let us know. Yeah, I would love to hear more distractions people have, like more things yes. they're just into. Like, what are you doing while you're listening to our show? What are you doing right now? Pause the episode, get your phone out, which you're probably playing it off of, and send us a note. What are you doing right now? Are you driving? Don't do it when you're driving. Are you on an airplane? Are you dropping your kids off? Why is it always driving? I can say this. If you are recording a podcast about 80s horror movies, I will listen to it. (laughs) And we will will come on the show. I listen to this. Did you know the show We Hate Movies? Uh Uh-uh. They just rip. There's a couple of different bad movies. What podcasts. do they do in that show, Brad? There's a couple of different. Yeah, <laughs> wow, shocker. Uh, there's a couple of different bad movies podcasts. Uh, How did this get made? Is yeah, a, yeah, is yeah. A favorite of ours. Yep. We hate movies is very good too. I, I recently discovered it. Their episode about the movie Pet Cemetery Two, I laughed so hard. 
that on Christmas Eve while I was putting together this ice cream stand that my daughter used three times and like basically threw into the basement. Um, my wife was like, what's going on? And I was like, the, the Pet Cemetery 2 episode is just too much. It's too much. It's I got to listen to it. First, I got to learn what Pet Cemetery 2 is. I got to learn what Pet Cemetery 1 is. Oh. Don't, let's not even get into it. Yeah, That'll don't. be our distraction Go for right next to week. 2. 2 is way better. Okay. In, a, in, a, in a so bad, it's it's good way. So, I'll, yeah, I would ask... Consider subscribing. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, at Just Not Sports. Shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. Amen. And I'll look, I'll give a shout out to uh, my new daughter, Violet, and Heck my yeah. existing daughter, Charlie, a.k.a. Charlotte. Uh, no, we did not rhyme the names on purpose, Violet and Charlotte. Uh, it's like a slant rhyme. Yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. And Tweet us about Brad's rhyming skills. Yeah, there you go. And... Um, <laughs> Shout out to Nicole Auerbach for joining. Yes. Really a lot of fun talking to her um, and just really enjoy her writing at USA Today. She's also um, hosts various podcasts around college football, college basketball, yeah. Olympics, that kind of stuff. And uh, should we, or do you have any shout outs, Joe? I think I'm good. Shout out to our audience. We love you guys. Yeah. Shout out to Gareth and Adam. And uh, should we, should we just kind of cut in some of Adam's We'll pull, faves. we'll go back into the archives. Let's, we'll, give, let's give some love to our, our Shaq fam. All right, Adam, take it away. Uh, shout out to my boy Uzi, Def Jeff, Little Swanee, Meech, Ron Mac, and my other cousin Ron. Booty rappers, stay booty. Together.